Blog Talk Radio. and friends around the world. The radio voice of Eastern Airlines is on the air, and we're talking about our favorite way to fly, Eastern Airlines. We're on twice weekly now, Thursday afternoon with REPA, the Retired Eastern Pilots Association Radio Hour at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and Eastern Airlines radio show that you're hearing tonight every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Both broadcasts are live call-in shows, and we welcome your comments on the air. Our hosts are from around the world and around the U.S. I should say the hosts are from around the U.S. and our listeners around the world. That's right, over 50 countries now around the world have been identified who regularly listen in. We're glad you're with us. My name is Neil Holland, retired Eastern Captain and the producer of the show. I hope you enjoy tonight's broadcast. And now Don Gagnon, our announcer, will get the show in the air. Don, it's all yours. Well, thank you, Neil, and hello to our Eastern family and friends. <clears throat> As our producer said, we're glad you're with us for more Eastern talk, news, and information. My name is Don Gagnon, and I'll be sitting in for Chuck Albright a regular announcer who is recuperating from recent surgery. Get well, Chuck. We miss you, buddy. I'm coming to you live from the villages. Our producer, Captain Neil, is in St. Augustine. And our other hosts are scattered all around the country. Let's start up in the New York, Long Island area with Captain Mike Scott. And on the other side of the island is Captain George Jin. Hey, guys. Harry Lindquist is over in Brunswick area of Baltimore, and Mark Porter, our Eastern 3.0 guy, he's in the Miami area, but he's in Orlando this week. Well, we lost our host, our announcer, and I'll continue on here. Let's see if I can get him back. Uh, he dropped off for some reason, so he'll be calling back, and uh, welcome to the show. If you haven't called us before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611 uh, and just say hello to talk with us on the air. We're live every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Now, 
Many of our listeners choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.ealradioshow.com forward slash Captain Eddie, or perhaps by signing in at the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, which we just uh, gave you the URL address. And remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-A-P-T. And should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611, and at 7 p.m. Let me repeat the number, 213-816-1611 p.m. We're now up to 1,054 Eastern family and friends. Don't forget, you can listen to any of our 470 Seven Monday night broadcasts. This will be 478 tonight. And the 100 plus Thursday radio broadcast by simply going to blogtalkradio.com, Captain Eddie. That's Captain Eddie and scrolling down. And you know, we're getting very close to 600 total episodes that we've done now in nearly 10 years. I think it'll be January of this year. We'll be on the air 10 years. We're now broadcasting our 588 show. So 12 more, we'll hit the 600 number. Our lines are always open for calls. And if you choose not to participate and talk live with your host, we ask that you please mute your phone as me, the producer, does not have the capability of filling out your background noises such as barking dogs, slamming doors, ice cubes, phones ringing, beverages in glasses. Uh, you might want to take the cubes out and continue drinking. That's why they put the mute feature on the phones. Now, let me see if I can get our, our uh, host, our announcer, back no, he's dropped off again, I see. Let me see if I can find him up here. But he has dropped off again. So, let's see. I'm going to turn it over to uh, Harry. Harry, let's see if I can open your microphone and Mike's microphone. If you guys are hearing me okay, then you just go ahead and get this airplane in the air. Go ahead, Harry. Eastern, 478, this is Salt Lake Tower. You're cleared for takeoff. I thought I had Mike Scott there, but go I, ahead, I was, Mike. For, I was waiting for the wind. No. <laughs> Roger, Salt Lake, uh, Eastern 478, it's on the roll, whatever whatever right. the wind is. <laughs> <laughs> it's calm, okay? <laughs> Here we go. Hang on to your seats. Eastern recently, 
give us a try. We'll show you we really do earn our wings every day. George, before I hand it off to you, I want to tell, um, well, I want to tell uh, Don and Dorothy that you're back on the air. If you can stay a little while, we'd appreciate it. Are you with us, Dorothy, Don? Well, we certainly would love to. Okay. All right, well, hang in there for a little while. George, how about you starting us off? Yeah, sure, Neil. Thank you. Uh, Pierre Dewey Fountain, Jr., was born on White Street in New Orleans between Dumain and St. Anne in a small Creole cottage-style frame house to Pierre Sr. and Madeleine Fountain. Pete's father, truck driver and part-time musician, musician, changed the family name to Fountain without the E at the end, which would have been pronounced as Fontaine. He started playing uh, the clarinet as a child at the McDonough 28 School, located on Esplanade Avenue. As a child, young Pete was very sickly, frequently battling respiratory infections due to weakened lungs. He was given expensive medication, but it proved not very effective. So during a pharmacy visit, Pete's father began a discussion with a neighborhood doctor who was also there shopping and spoke with him about his son's condition. The doctor agreed to see the boy the following day, and after a short examination, this doctor confirmed the weak lung condition and advised the father to try an unorthodox treatment, which was to purchase the child a musical instrument, one he had to blow into. The same day, they went to a local music store, and given his choice of instruments, young Pete chose the clarinet. That was after first wanting drums, which his father rejected, per the doctor's orders. At first, Pete was unable to produce a sound from the instrument, but he continued to practice and eventually not only made sounds and music, but greatly improved the health of his lungs. He took private lessons, but also learned to play jazz by playing along with phonograph records of Benny Goodman and then Irving Fazola. By the time he reached his teens, he was playing regular gigs in the many nightclubs on Bourbon Street. According to Fountain, who stated, quote, when I was a high school senior, my history teacher asked me why I didn't study more. I answered that I was too busy playing clarinet every night, and when I told him I was making about 125 bucks a week, he stated that was more than he made, and I should play full-time. I guess that I was a professional from that point on, unquote. One of Fountain's early engagements was with the bands of Monk Hazel. Fountain founded the Basin Street Six in 1950 with his longtime friend, trumpeter George Gerard. In 1954, after the Basin Street Six folded, Fountain briefly went to Chicago to play with the Dukes of Dixieland and then returned to New Orleans and teamed up with Al Hurt to lead a band playing an extended residence at Dan Levy's Pier 600. What follows is some of that music. Mr. Producer, can we get a little taste of honey, perhaps? I'll 
Well, we started off with a great uh, tune tonight, and I know that our producer has got some more in store. But, uh, George, you mentioned that Pete Fountain leaned up with trumpeter Al Hurt for some beautiful Dixieland jazz, which I'm sure producer Neil has some of that in store for us tonight. Al Hurt, one of the great artists on the trumpet. Alois Maxwell Al Hurt, he was born on November 7th, 1922. He left this world on April 27th, 1999. Al Hurt was an American trumpeter and band leader. He's best remembered for his million-selling recordings of Java and the accompanying album Honey and the Horn, which came out in 1963, and for the theme music to The Green Hornet. His nicknames included Jumbo and The Round Mound of Sound. Colin Escott, an author of musical biographies, wrote that RCA Victor Records, for which Hurt had recorded most of his best-selling recordings and for which he had spent much of his professional recording career, had dubbed him with another moniker, The King. Hurt was inducted into the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame in November 2009. Like Pete Fountain, Hurt was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, the son of a police officer. At the age of six, he was given his first trumpet, which had been purchased at a local pawn shop. He would play in the junior police band with friend Roy Fernandez and the children of Alcide Nunez, and by the, children, by the age of 16, Hurt was playing professionally, often with his friend Pete Fountain. During this time, he was hired to play at the local horse racing track, beginning a six-decade connection to the sport. After a stint as a bugler in the United States Army during World War II, Hurt performed the various swing big bands, including those of Tommy Dorsey, Jimmy Dorsey, Benny Goodman, and Anna Ray Hutton. Hurst's virtuoso dexterity and fine tone on his instrument soon attracted the attention of major record labels, and he signed with RCA Victor. Hurt posted 22 albums on the Billboard charts in the 1950s and 60s. The albums Honey in the Horn and Cotton Candy were both in the top 10 bestsellers for 1964. The same year, Hurt scored a hit single with his cover of Alan Toussaint's tune, Java. Uh, by the way, Alan Toussaint was another another New Orleans native, quite a, uh, an accomplished songwriter. And later, he later Al Hurt later won a Grammy Award for the same recording. Both Honey and the Horn and Java sold over one million copies and were awarded gold disc. How about a little Java, Mr. Producer?
That'll never get old, guys. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and from the mid-50s to the early 60s, Hurt and his band played nightly at Dan's Pier 600 at the corner of St. Louis and Bourbon Street. The club was owned by his business manager, Dan Levich Sr. In 1962, Hurt opened his own club on Bourbon Street in the French Quarter, which he ran until 1983. He was also he also became a minority leader, or owner, for the NFL expansion New Orleans Saints in 1967. Starting in the late 50s and continuing through the 60s, 70s, and 80s, clarinetist Pete Fontaine and trumpeter Al Hurt were the two most popular of all New Orleans jazz musicians. Fountain and Hurt, light sparks in each one of them, and they, and their memorable meetings resulted in highly recommended, uh, highly recommended classes from night, from April seventh, nineteen uh, correction, two thousand and nineteen. Captain Neal, do you have sounds from that hookup that these two great artists made? Sure do.
like I'm walking down Bourbon Street, Neil. <laughs> I know it. Don't you remember those days when we used to do that and drop in and hear I that? I sure do. I can still remember the the woman that used to come out or, out on, on the swing <laughs> out onto the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who could forget that? She's still doing it. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Mike, what you got? Yep. Am I up? You're I up. take Dorothy. Oh, Dorothy. Dorothy. Oh, Dorothy's <laughs> not with us. She's dropped off again. Let's see if I can open her microphone. Dorothy Don't know here, what's happening so. to her. Okay, Uh-oh. Dorothy. Say it. So uh, we're we're doing uh, – <laughs> I'm not yeah, quite go sure ahead. where we're at anymore. <laughs> God, we <laughs> we're right Hello? after a closer – we're right after a closer walk. All right. Um I'm lost, Neil, because we got cut off again. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're uh, anyhow. Uh, our next number of the jazz group is Herb Alpert, which we uh, haven't heard it's yet. A but Spanish, it's a Spanish flea, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, go ahead, talk about it, Dorothy. So the next one after that, Neil, is Harry Lindquist. You want me to pick up? No, I want you to do. Uh, I want you to do. I tell you what, let me do it. Mike, uh, we were yep. talking to Mike here right before us, and uh, we were talking about uh, the Pete Fountain and and um, Al Hurt doing that number we just heard, which was a combination of the two of them. I don't know who's the best, but, boy, uh, to hear them. Uh, and like uh, uh, George Jen said, uh, oh, how we can remember the days when we used to do that. But our next member <laughs> of this group is uh, Herb Alpert. And uh, he's an American trumpeteer who led Herb Albert in the Tijuana Brass, of course. We always associate Herb Albert with the Tijuana Brass in the, in the 60s. And during that same decade, he co-founded A&M Records with Jerry Moss. He's an artist who paints and sculpts, I didn't know that, abstract expressionist works, and uh, is a philanthropist with his wife, Lonnie Hall, or Lanny Hall. Uh, through the Herb Alpert Foundation. His career as a musician includes five number one albums and 28 albums on the Billboard magazine album chart, 14 platinums, 15 golds, and nine Grammys. Wow. He sold 72 million records worldwide. Alpert is the only musician to hit number one on the U.S. Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Chart as both a vocalist, which was This Guy's in Love With You, in 1968, and an instrumental, which was called Rise, in 1979. Now, we're going to play the one that you probably can identify Herb Alpert with, and it is Spanish Flea by Herb Alpert.
joined in there. Did you hear me play a few bars with them? <laughs> yeah, I heard that. That that kind of music gets everybody hopping, I think. It does. But, but you know, the rest of his story, Neil, is, is Alfred set up a small recording studio in his garage and had been overdubbing a tune called Twinkle Star, written by Saul Lake, who would eventually write many of the brass's original tunes. During a visit to Tijuana, Mexico, Alfred happened to hear a mariachi band while attending a bullfight. Following the experience, Alpert recalled that he was inspired to find a way to express musically what he felt while watching the wild responses of the crowd and hearing the brass musicians introducing each new event with rousing fanfare. Alpert adapted the trumpet style to the tune, mixed in crowd cheers and other noises for ambiance, and renamed the song The Lonely Bull. He personally funded the production of the record as a single, and it spread through radio DJs until it caught on and became a top ten hit in the fall of 1962. He followed up quickly with his debut album, The Lonely Bull, by Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Originally, the Tijuana Brass was just Alpert overdubbing his own trumpet, slightly out of sync. The title cut reached number six on the Billboard Pop Singles chart. This was A&M's first album with the original release number being number 101. Although it was recorded at Conway Records, for this album and subsequent releases, Alpert recorded with the group of L.A. session musicians known as the Wrecking Crew, whom he holds in high regard. Mr. Producer, you got another song for us.
brass and woodland instruments, and the distinct beat they deliver with drums and other jazz instruments. And now, how about a little cotton candy from Al Hurt? trumpet of the 40s and 50s, Harry James. Along with a different beat, each of their own sounds delivered forever musical sounds. Now, let's hear another woodwind sound from Pete Fountain, Mr. Producer. Show tonight, host. You know, 
Don, yeah, Neil. and I think I, Dan, I think uh, George, you and Mike, and uh, and and the Eastern employees that travel on past C3s, of course, always had uh, a fun destination in New Orleans. But to me, it was one of our benefits, almost as important as the uh, expense money that we got. We could buy some beers and listen to stuff like that. It was just absolutely <laughs> wonderful. George, yeah, what's your comment? Neil. Yeah, I just wonder. I just wonder if it's still the same way down there. I mean, I, like you said, we, we had the New York base. We had a lot, a lot of long New, York, uh, New Orleans layovers, and it was just, it was un- unbelievable, fantastic. And I just wonder if it's still the same way. Well, now with this uh, virus, I'm sure it's not. But prior to that, I was just wondering if it was still, if it's still, the, if it was still the same way down there on Bourbon Street, you know. Well, you know, we've got a lot of callers here that call them. My board's full. we got a bunch of folks from the Miami area. So if you want to uh, say a, a comment or two or what you thought about tonight's program, just go ahead and speak up and walk on somebody. <laughs> Let's hear well, it. Hello, guys. guys. This is Chuck. Who is this? This is Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Good to hear from you. How you feeling, buddy? Hello there. Hi. Hi. I'm feeling feeling good. good. You're coming in as a double echo, double whammy. I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) It took me a while to get on the phone from the hospital. Okay. Well, you're yeah. You're you got a big, good, healthy echo. So you must be getting better. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a great (laughs) show though. I really like the music. Good. Well, I want to stop the echo here. You're good and get well soon so you can uh, relieve Don of uh, this hard job. And he's he's getting overtime, you know. Yeah, I know. know. (laughs) See you guys next week. (laughs) Don said he He, likes the money, though. That's the only good part. Yeah. Since I was down in New Orleans, but at that time it had come back pretty good. Those areas, Bourbon Street oh. and all the uh, uh, French Quarter, that that was going pretty strong. That came back pretty well. Is the gal still yeah. swinging? <laughs> that I couldn't tell you. <laughs> How could you miss that? I don't know. You walk out of the Boyle Sinesta where we used to lay over and make a right-hand turn, yeah. and you run into yeah. her legs. <laughs> Yep. Right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it was about the same about five years ago. I had a trip about uh, six months before I retired in uh, down in New Orleans, and it was pretty yeah. much the same. Yeah, but boy, I remember Pete Fountain and and Herb Alpert's places there, and the one right at Reservation Preservation Hall, I think, was right around the corner. And, yep. uh, y- you know, you walk on the sidewalk and you can see the whole show. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, well, they had all the doors open. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, New York had some of that on Times Square a little bit. I remember uh, Gene Krupa had his uh, band uh, in his bar there in Metropole. I think it was called the Metropole there yep, on Broadway, right. right on Broadway. And, boy, good listening. Hmm. Well, but I think New Orleans that had every other place beat because it was that 
if you went down there any any night, Monday through Sunday, it was the same way. It was just fantastic. Yeah. The only bad yeah. part was during the summer, the humidity was like stifling. Yeah, 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 it yeah. was. And you know, if you shop for antiques right around the corner over there, the next parallel street was Royal Street. You remember? Mm-hmm. And all the yep. antiques and uh, in, in in the stores and a bunch of fake fake Rembrandts and and <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sure they were fake because there several stores were se- selling the same picture. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, some of those things very, never change. Yeah, but great show. And now, you know, uh, I'm interested to find out what's happening with our remaining time here of the new Eastern Airlines. And we haven't heard uh, Mark didn't do one last week. We had the uh, tribute to Captain Halliburton. So, Mark, how about bringing us up to date on what's going on? Well, OK, I'll do that. This week's, um, you can hear me, right? Yeah. Okay. This week's more confusing than last week, though. But so Eastern has pulled Brasilia, Belo Horizonte, Curitiba, Toronto, all off the map. Having said mm. that, mm. Eastern has just gotten a very they're they're part of the Federal Express uh, Department of Defense contract, which is. A billion some dollars, huge. Oh wow! And American Airlines is part of that and stuff. And I know Eastern has been rushing to get their four seven seven sevens on online, and they do have two more almost ready to go, which will probably be part of the Department of Defense and 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 charter flights, and they're going to use it for commercial flights as well, even at four hundred and fifty two (laughs) seats. So, Mm. having said that. Um, I do see them focusing more on Asuncion, Paraguay, Buenos Aires, and Montevideo, Uruguay. And we have to remember, we're going into their summer. And so mm-hmm. if that's their focus, it's the perfect time of year to be down in that neck of the woods. Um, I was excited about Toronto, but Toronto only lasted two days on the map. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. it was pulled. So maybe it was put put there two days early. Um they, a New England Patriots uh, flight, uh, you know, they have a two-year contract with the New England Patriots to fly them around. Hmm. And um, uh, our 767-200 flew into Kansas City today. Um, and I, I, I was always assuming our pilots were flying the New England Patriots 767. Hmm. But that's not what I saw today. So that was rather puzzling because... I thought we were using their aircraft, unless one of it was down. It was, it, was um, on ES, it was on ESPN, and it was an Eastern plane with Eastern colors. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's the puzzling thing, because I thought they were, we were going to be using their aircraft. Um, I, the thing I really am excited about is that we're putting the leather seats in the airplanes now and refurbishing the interior of the aircraft, because they really looked old. And um, we're offering Wi-Fi, but you have to bring your own tablet. So, (laughs) I mean, we have the Wi-Fi, but at the same time, I'm just kind of hoping that they offer some plugs on the the aircraft. Because Mm. if you're flying from New York 
to Montevideo, Uruguay, that's a 10-hour, nine-and-a-half-hour nine flight. You, what tablets are going to last that long, even if you bring three charges? <laughs> oh, that's right, too. Yeah. Yeah. So then you'll have some crying crying kids about halfway through that flight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, because this is all family. Families go down yeah. there. And I'm sitting there going, oh, that that sure would not be good. <laughs> you know, you're getting halfway about to the sleep sleep time, and wham, off they go. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there going, and I, I wrote and said, do you have, you know, ports to plug in the, the cell phones? Because if not, you're going to have a noisy flight. Um, and then funny. I did notice that between, um, I call it, um, you know, world perks. I don't call it their economy plus. I think that's the stupidest name, economy plus, an economy. Because yeah. you get really business class seats in their economy plus. So give it a nice, luxurious name. And they only charge about $350 more than economy. So yeah. if round trip. So if I'm going on a 10-hour flight, I will pay, I mean, you know, I will pay that $350 for round trip for the first-class seat. Hmm. So I, I wrote to them and say, I said, put in another 12 seats because I think a lot of people will pay that extra 350 Yeah, yeah. How All about domestically, Mark? Anything domestically happening, uh, domestic cities? No, I've been, I've been begging them to hook up uh, Miami, Boston, and Houston. But nothing yet, and I do think those will be the first cities hooked up in here in the United States, feeding into New York and Miami. It's mm-hmm. only logical because you have Southwest um, coming into Miami. You have Delta hooking up with LATAM into Miami. Into John F. Kennedy, you have American coming back in there, and you have United coming back in there. And I guarantee you it's because Little Eastern – is coming in with their 777 into John F. Kennedy in Miami. And um, they don't want it to sit back and things to be taken advantage of and because um, otherwise American was fine in, in Philadelphia, but they're not fine there anymore. And they've hooked up, I think it was with JetBlue. And, uh, um, you know, I see if American if, – if American – if Eastern – feeds you, uh, Boston into John F. Kennedy, Toronto and John F. Kennedy, then you have a lot of people that are coming on those two 767s to catch Eastern flights out of John F. Kennedy. And if you feed Boston, Chicago, and Dulles into Miami, then you have, a, you know, so it's a, it's, they can be there, but they're not going to be a threat because you're offering them uh, the second tier cities and you're feeding your network into them and with a small fleet you have to you have to kind of hub it here in the United States even though you like point to point you can do point to point out of Miami and New York and that's the wrap for today well, we any questions the, uh, Eastern on TV and we were surprised when we saw the Patriots getting off of them <laughs> So that was a very nice surprise. Mm-hmm. No, that's my team. <laughs> I didn't want to broadcast that. 
Well, that's mine, too. uh, I come from New England. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I know. Um, So that's about it with Eastern. All the planes are painted. The the interesting thing is I was wondering why they, they painted their planes in Peru when there are great paint shops here in the United States. But if you take the plane in for maintenance in Peru, the paint job is included. Oh, that's probably what they do then. Yeah, that's what exactly what they do. So they take it down that, there for maintenance, sure. and then the paint job is included, and that's that's pretty cool. That makes sense. That's a pretty good deal. But I think the the I think the leather seats and everything I think that's put in um, out there at Jet Midwest facilities. Okay, Mark. Thanks so much. It was a great report. Very good. <laughs> Hope to hear some more next week. Dorothy, okay. maybe it's a little more stable. Listen, over the many years, nearly 10 now, the EAL radio show has brought you 589 broadcasts of Monday and Thursday shows. Last week we had these countries listening to our program, Malaysia, Philippines, China, India, Turkey, Ukraine, Hungary, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Portugal, Senegal, Netherlands, Denmark, Finland, Russia, Ireland, Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, Australia, and the Philippines. I think we mentioned the Malaysia, Philippines up above. Our purpose, Mm -hmm. of course, is to keep the memories alive for the many in the Eastern family and to remind those who were not employees of this great airline what a tremendous airline it was that dominated the airline industry from the 20s to the 80s. The legacy will continue with the great associations like the Retired Eastern Pilots Association, the Eastern Airlines Civil Liners, the many Facebook pages committed to Eastern Airlines, and us, the Eastern Airlines radio show and website. There have been other associations that have since left the coverage for its members. Eastern news and events, both through the media and publications. We, the Eastern family, have been represented well through work, expense, and effort of these fine organizations. Just the fact that the radio show and its website have been around for 10 years is a tribute to those that put in time and work each day and week and is an example of their love for their company. Even though gone, it will never be forgotten. So from the founder and producer, the webmaster, me, and all of the hosts on the show, we kindly say thank you for your support. And to all of our listeners around the world, thank you for listening to what we bring you every week. We're glad you're here. Now, do any of the other hosts or listeners have an announcement you might want to add? We've got a board full of listeners. Apparently, folks like jazz, and so we've got some uh, different uh, area codes. And if anyone would like to uh, make a comment, uh, we'd be happy to hear from you now. But it's been a wonderful 10 years. Been great. I guess you think not. Somebody, you, you go you ahead. Think somebody pushed, pushed, pushed. 
on there. Every, everybody has got square fingertips from pushing buttons anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're approaching the airport, folks, and the end of our Eastern Flight 478 show. But we will be back next week sharing more great Eastern talk. It looks like we are entering the controlled airspace of the Jacksonville International Airport. So, Captain, would you please put us down gently at the Jacksonville International Airport? Jacksonville Tower to Eastern 478. You're cleared to land on runway 8. Roger, Jacks Tower, Eastern 478. We got... uh, Gear down with three green lights, and we're clear to land. Runway 8. October 12th, we bring you EAL tribute to Women in Our World Wars. That's Women in Our World Wars. Now it might be a good idea to catch up on next week's broadcast, October 8th, of the Reaper Radio Hour at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. These are stories by the pilots of Pitcairn Aviation, Eastern Airlines, and Eastern Airlines, Eastern Air Transport. If you you haven't heard one of these broadcasts, you're really missing out on some great Eastern talk with more great stories by Eastern people. Our producer is telling me it's time to say goodbye. (coughs) This is Don Gagnon on behalf of tonight's host, Captain George Chin, Captain Mike Scott, Dorothy Gagnon, Harry Lindquist, Mark Porter, and, of course, our producer, Captain Neil Holland, Playing sign-off music made popular by Mr. Merle Haggard, called Silver Wing. Let's listen. Roaring headed somewhere in flight. They're taking you away. Good night, Eastern family and friends from around the world, and good night, Eastern Airlines, wherever you are. We love you, Eastern. Good night, guys. Good night. Now, count three. Good night, gang. Good night, you guys. Good night, Eastern. (laughs) We love you, Eastern. It was a good show, Neil. Thank you. It was great. Thank you. Good job, Neil. Taking you away and leaving me lonely. Silver wings slowly fading out of sight. Slowly fading out of sight. Thanks, guys. Great show. Appreciate it. Thank you, Neil. Terrific. Thank you.